0: I'd like to introduce our favorite moderator, Mr. Joe Matthews. Joe is a fourth generation Californian who writes about his home state and its politics, media, labor, and real estate as the New America Foundation's Irvine Senior Fellow. He's the co-author with another one of tonight's panelists, Mark Paul, of California Crack Up, How Reform Broke the Golden State and How We Can Fix It. Joe is a contributing writer for the Los Angeles Times, lead blogger at NBC's California site Prop Zero, and a contributor to The Daily Beast. He appears regularly on radio and TV as an expert on all things California, and he is Sokolo Public Square's California editor. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Joe Matthews.
1: Um, thank you for coming out I'm into virgin territory here for Sokolo Fresno. Uh, we're here in the middle of California, really in the heart of California, to talk about marriage. Uh, Marriage is hard, uh, particularly when Californians are involved. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphries, they lasted 72 days, and uh, I, for one, thought it was going to be forever, or at least until February sweeps, but (laughs) alas. But the marriage that we're talking about today and tonight is um, between California regions, and it's an enduring marriage. It's lasted for 161 years. Uh, but it's always been a very difficult marriage. Um, one historian tallied more than 200 proposals in statehood to split the state and labeled 27 of them serious in that they were written down and offered through legislation or, or the initiative or some sort of formal process. And we have here today three people who are really deeply familiar in, with three of the most re- well-researched, thoughtful, and, um, and recent uh, ideas for splitting the state. Uh, we want to move beyond just that conversation and really talk about why this subject keeps coming up. What drives it? What is it about the shape and size of California that um, keeps bringing us t- to this conversation? And um, it's, you know, this discussion of scale and, and size is something we often don't hear in our, in our debates about governance, which focus on things like Prop 13, but it's very much there. And so let's get right into it. I want to start with Uh, Stan Statham, who's uh, second from the the left, as you face here, um, who is um, uh, the president of the California Broadcasters Association, has been an anchorman, a TV journalist, he was in the state legislature um, for a number of years, and and, uh, a native of Chico, and and, uh, with deep ties to Shasta County, which is um, where he still spends weekends and is represented. Um, Now, you in some ways have gone farther with this than anyone in, in the lifetime of anyone here. Um, you spent a couple of years in the early 90s while you were in the legislature pursuing the idea of, of, of splitting the state. What, what made you so frustrated then? What was the sort of problem you were trying to solve and why did you choose to propose to split the state?
2: You know, I was, um, I was basically very angry and when I, when I drove into Fresno this morning Uh, I was listening to a story on KMJ on Occupy Fresno, uh, because, of course, those people that are occupying, trying to find a solution to either Fresno's problems or occupying Wall Street or occupying wherever you live. And so I got basically very angry. I had been in the legislature for um, uh, close to 16, 17 years. And then I suddenly decided, because you know, in 16 or 17 years as a member of the California legislature, We had uh, balanced that many budgets, or tried to, and we had reformed public education three times. By the way, they're doing it again now. Uh, So it has not been reformed. And so I suddenly thought, okay, I want to do something not radical, but it would appear radical. And I knew I would probably fail. uh, And I only kind of halfway failed. So I got up this idea to divide California into two brand new states. And ultimately, I decided it should best be divided into three brand new Californias. so when I introduced that uh, before I actually took it to the assembly clerk to formally introduce it, I called the Speaker of the Assembly at that time, Speaker Willie Brown, uh, who I knew well actually, uh, and asked for an appointment with him at that time in like one thousand nine hundred and ninety uh, Willie Brown was very, very powerful, just a terribly smart man, uh, you know and uh, Terminates had only recently passed, and I wanted to spend my last two years seeing if I could get any, any legs to dividing California. So I had decided only in a bill to ask Californians to vote on whether or not it was not going to be a law. They're just to vote on whether or not the legislature should consider dividing California. So I called the speaker, and he said, well, if you want to talk to me, come right down. So I went down, the, Willie Brown has a, a nickname for everybody, and so I went into his office. He said, sit down Stanley, what can I do for you? I said, well, I'm going to introduce a bill, Mr. Speaker, and I'm hoping you will not speakerize it. There was a lot of press at the time that would speakerize the bill, and if he speakerized it, everybody kind of knew whether it was going to pass or whether it was going to fail.
1: And he made it his own, essentially? And-
2: uh, pretty much. Uh, thank you. He, um, um, and I'm gonna hit on that in just a second. So he said no. He said I, I won't speakerize it Well, I'm not sure I believed him and he said what are you going to introduce Stan? And I said I'm gonna introduce a bill to study the division of California and he surprised me by he suddenly saying is there some reason you would not want me to help you with that bill mm-hmm. I Said you would help me try to divide California He said, Stanley, when I came to office in 1964, I introduced a bill in 1966 to divide California because California is way too big and not functioning properly. I was stunned. So Willie made arrangements for me to talk to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. And subsequently, through approval of the assembly, but I failed in the Senate, through approval of the assembly, I got the question on whether or not California should be divided on 32 counties in California, and mostly the vote was favorable, but then I lost because I couldn't get approval in the Senate. And now, uh, as the final answer to Joe's question, I can pretty much guarantee you that attempts to divide California will continue in the future as they have continued in the past. Just earlier this week, a sitting state senator in Sacramento stopped me on L Street right across from the Capitol and said, could I meet with you? I would like to ask you as many questions as possible on how you divide a state and why it should or should not be done. I think this senator, uh, next year, after we get past, you know, get into the election year, I think he's going to introduce a bill that will suggest dividing California. So I will talk to him again and stand by for another bill on the issue. Thanks, Joe. So
1: let me, let me ask you the version of that question the Senator asked you, you, you um, divide it into three. It's different than the two other uh, proposals yes. we're going to hear more about tonight. And you divided it um, sort of north, central, south essentially. Yes. What, why did you make that divide? Uh,
2: because I initially failed. I, I, I divided it where most people try to divide California at a natural mountain range called the Tehachapi, it's just south of Bakersfield. In other words, draw a line between Bakersfield and Northern California and Los Angeles and San Diego, and that, that's it's just very, very natural. Uh, then as I tried to get votes, there were some legislators from Fresno and from Bakersfield saying that, well, we don't exactly like that line, and frankly, we think if you keep that as a two-line division, we think San Francisco will have too much power. I said, well, how would you like your own Central California? <laughs> And so I thought about it and then made a division up there from the Golden Gate Bridge. You go across that magnificent structure. You go from one Californian to another and then leave it to the hatcheries, too, so it would have three Californians. And I represented what are referred to affectionately as the Cow counties. So we wouldn't have to worry about anything. As a matter of fact, Joe, uh, I even, at some request, we wanted the Capitol building because it's beautiful. But at some request, uh, we excluded the Sacramento Capitol building, left it in central California because, uh, Darcy, we didn't want the contents of the building. (laughs) But we wanted the building. I can can understand that. Got the three votes and got the assembly (laughs) approval and on to the Senate.
1: And you were killed in the Senate because?
2: Because of David Roberti, Senator David Roberti, who's a terribly nice guy, uh, and uh, I met with him several times. He was the chairman as president of the Senate he's the chairman of the um, uh, Rules Committee in the Senate, he said, Stan, if we approve this and allow it to be voted on in the Senate, even though it's just an advisory question, you're only asking for a poll here, everybody will be talking about your bill to divide California as they are now. They will not be talking about solving California's problems. I said, well, David, uh, I said, if they talked about dividing California, I would talk about reforming education, talk about the tax structure, talk about... it, it would Dividing California would highlight all the problems we have, and it might inspire the legislature to do something or face the vision of California. And he just... I couldn't convince him, and so it failed in the Senate.
1: Let me um, bring in uh, Bill Mays now. Uh, uh, you're, you're an assemblyman uh, for, for three terms in local government in, in Tulare County, you're a businessman, farmer. Um, and you have a... a Fairly new proposal, to about two years old. What what was it that inspired you to you know what you know what, what did you want to get out of offering this proposal? What inspired you to do it, and and why did you split the state the way you proposed to split it?
3: Thanks for the question, Joe. <clears throat> I joined on with a, a group of business gentlemen that uh, reside down in the Central Valley here, and uh, they had been having discussions for a number of months. And uh, after I got out of office, they contacted me and said. Hey, we're, we're, we're talking about forming a nonprofit organization to look at dividing California. They showed me a draft map that they had, and uh, I said, Well, let me give you some input. Let's discuss this a little bit further. I think you've got merit to what you're looking at. I certainly uh, knew about Stan's effort from years past, and uh, I said, one of the things that we need to look at, let's, let's first talk about the number of issues, and I, there's literally hundreds of issues that go into this type of a discussion, as well as you know, what, what do you do and how does this happen, and is it legal? Can it happen? Based on our California constitution, our national constitution, this absolutely can happen. It is allowed within our laws that we have and regulations of this state and the nation. It requires a majority vote to pass something of this nature by the voters of California. So as we begin to look at a map, and we look at how we can make a division, we finally kind of arrived at what we have, and I've got flyers here, folks are welcome to take these, and it has a plot of the proposed division. We have some of the counties along the coast that are actually, would be proposed to be split in, carrying forth with this type of a measure. We had to look at whether this is absolutely a possibility to get to the voters and have it passed. In my background, I have a degree in statistics, and I worked for the federal government for a number of years after college. And, you know, there, there, there's math and then there's math. There's statistics and then there's statistics. But then you have to be able to get to a number that's a possibility, a very likely possibility. So as we made this division up through California, as we talked to folks in the LA Basin area, talked to folks along the coast and then up in the Bay Area, which those are the major metropolitan areas of the state, and lots to do with the financial status of the state, the goings and comings of the state. Talking to folks in those areas, we said, how do you, how do you fall on an issue of trying to divide the state in two areas? And of course, ours is a north-south split. We have basically what we would call the renewed California, which is the remaining largest portion, and then we have what is called the coastal counties. It would be up to folks to decide what they would name that state, where they would have their capital. What we have proposed is taking and basically having the central part and the main part of California, I know you can't see this, it's fairly small, but the darker green area would remain California. The Golden area, golden rod area along the coast would be the coastal canyon, what would be renewed in the naming of it once a constitutional convention would be held. The number of individuals in the dark green area represents approximately 22 million people and 45 counties. The remaining 13 counties, there's about 16 million population. So that gives you the basis whereby folks could actually go to a ballot and decide whether or not they want to go forward with an action of this nature in splitting California. And looking at any other kind of proposal and stuff, The possibility of saying, okay, our northern folks, we're going to vote for it or not. Our central folks are going to vote for it or not. Or the southern folks or the dynamics of, okay, we're going to get together. When you put the major two metropolitan centers of L.A. and San Francisco together, then you have a dominance of and a predominance of the ability of bringing a vote to nature.
1: And why, um, as a coastal Southern Californian, why uh, why did you grab San Diego and, and Orange County? I think.
3: Again, uh, talking about issues and the need. You know, we talked about shipping ports and stuff in the in the proposal. We talked about water issues, uh, environmental issues, the land masses of the Sierras, the agricultural areas, the organization, the nonprofit organization that. Uh, is affiliated with this movement is called Citizens for Saving Farming Industry of California.
1: Was this inspired in part by Prop 2, the, the Humane Society measure that put limits on That was part and, of the discussions
3: that yeah. had been taken place prior to my <clears> coming on board with the, uh, the group of gentlemen and ladies that were involved in the initial discussion. So sense
1: that the values of the coastal California could be imposed by initiative process and by population size on, on more inland communities? Certainly, Certainly. Let me um, bring in um, Darcy Kenzie, who uh, uh, came all the way from Riverside County. Thank you. Um, uh, she's, We're happy to be here. Um, she's She, like everyone on this panel, does a, m- a number of different things. Um, she's one of the, the founders of Menifee. We're not sure whether the George Washington or the James Madison. Um, but the city of Menifee, which started in 2008. Jefferson? Exactly. <laughs> Jefferson. And um, on the city council... Um, does all sorts of work in regional governance in the county and then also works as a staff member to Supervisor Marion Ashley at the county of Riverside. Um, and, you're, and you know well uh, uh, Jeff Stone of yes, Riverside County who's, yes. who's put forward the most recent proposal, just very recent proposal um, to split the state. What, what is the particular frustration that has driven forth this proposal now? What is it, And what is it you hope to, to get by, by raising it?
4: Well, I think the, the frustration is um, felt in particular our region in, in Southern California and Supervisor Stone who's, who proposed the, the most recent split with his, uh, his Southern California divide was because of the dysfunction and the lack of, uh, of uh, consideration given to our region from the state. We had four new cities incorporate in uh, the last three years starting in 2008 up to 2010. The last city that incorporated was on July 1st. The budget had passed the day before and there was a bill that was passed at 11 o'clock at night that took away 20 to 25 percent of these new cities' budgets. And we were in a position as a county to see four cities be in jeopardy of being able to sustain themselves as local government.
1: And you, maybe you should live a context because new cities get some extra dollars, new right, cities, to get them yes. going.
4: New cities have... Uh, a, there's a whole process that you go through to establish a city. Uh, you have to establish your boundaries, you have to do a financial analysis. And in in the first five years of being a city, you get a little extra money because you don't have a reserve or savings yet. You have to get your feet on the ground. You have to establish your revenue sources. So for the first five years, you get a little extra money to kind of help you get going. And that money was taken away in the middle of the night with no input from the local Uh, areas that were affected, no input from the cities, no input from our legislators in the middle of the night. That money was taken away. And the next day, we gave birth to the newest city in California, city number 482, Harupa Valley. And that's what they had to look forward to on their inauguration.
1: Sort of almost bankrupt at the creation, yeah.
4: um, And so that puts a very extra burden now working for the county. They had helped you know, give birth to these four new cities. They're all in Riverside County. So the county is saying, well, we helped you become your own government. We don't want you to become a county again. We want you to be successful as cities. We supported that. And so that puts another burden on them because we contract for services through Riverside County Fire and Sheriff Services. So the biggest part of our budgets as a new city are our law enforcement and our fire services. That we contract with the county. So for to reduce those, that also has a financial impact on the county as well. So it was a very complex, uh, very sudden and very un- unfortunate and unfair circumstance that was put on four new cities who went through an analysis, calculated that in-, in factoring their fiscal viability in order to be approved, to be able to go to the voters for them to decide if we can be a city.
1: So how does that translate then into offering a proposal to to split the state to north and south California.
4: I can't speak for supervisor Stone specifically, but I think there's a level of frustration on a number of different levels. I think, you know, is California too big? I think maybe the question is is does the state serve its purpose and the people? And I think because we've have we've we've grown, we've evolved, there's such a diverse set of political ideals, a, a diverse set of economic factors that the state has become dysfunctional to the point where they cannot deliver the services that they should to all the different diverse regions that we have. So I think it's just a matter of having effective government. We all want effective government. That's why I created a city. Had a growing population. I wanted to to give uh, provide a higher level of service to the the residents uh, in in my city in Menifee, and that was our goal. I don't see that happening at the state. It's not equitable. It's not fair. I don't think people are heard in Sacramento, as a, a local official in the county in the cities. We're not heard in Sacramento. They don't they don't listen to us. It's uh, politically divisive and dysfunctional, and it's and it certainly is demonstrated in the economic. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, when they uh, expel money and, and, and give uh, legislatively, you know, give uh, revenues to certain areas of, of the state and not to others. It's just, uh, it's become kind of dysfunctional in that, in that fact as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I want to, uh, just hearing about Sacramento, let's talk to someone who's here from Sacramento. We've heard from Shasta County and Tulare County, and Riverside County. Uh, Mark Pauls, former Deputy Treasurer of California, uh, wrote for years for the Oakland Tribune, the Sacramento Bee. Uh, uh, you've worked, even worked in a political campaign. You were policy director for Phil Angelides in 2006. You know, can a split of the state happen? I mean, we've heard a lot of different regional grievances. Can it happen, and should it happen?
5: Well, it it legally, of course, as Bill said, can happen. Uh, the question is whether it's realistic. Uh, and there are really two issues there. One, to split the state requires the approval of Congress. Uh, and I uh, you know, may be too pessimistic about this, but uh, we Californians love, each other, love ourselves very much, but the rest of the country doesn't love us very much. <laughs> and you know, splitting California into two or three states involves the rest of the country giving us two or four new senators. Um, I argue that that is not likely to happen. Uh, we haven 't seen a, a Congress approve a split of a state since uh, the Civil War uh, when West Virginia broke off. In very unusual circumstances, so so there's a huge political hurdle, practical political hurdle in Washington, if we were to choose to do this. But there's even uh, you know there's a California reality that we need to face up to too with these proposals, and and that is involves money. Uh, I'm sorry I have to talk about money; it's a dirty subject, but but uh, you know we Californians are quite familiar. You know we understand, for instance, that water. Flows from the east or the north to the south and the west in California. But in California, money flows from the west to the east. The California's economic engine is on the coast. Um, it's where our great industries are, Silicon Valley, biotech, Hollywood, tourism, you name them. Uh, and state government reflects that reality. State government, among other, you know, its job basically is to, is to educate, medicate, and, and incarcerate. Those are the three big functions of state government. Uh, and in doing that, state government operates as an engine of moving money from the coast, to the inland part of California. The coast is where California gains predominant part of its tax revenues. Inland California is, has a disproportionate share of the people who need services. It's the youngest part of California, so it has the most children needing schools and health uh, healthcare. Um, it's, the inland California sends a greater percentage of uh, uh, people to state prison than the, the coast does relative to its population. So if you look at the numbers, and I you know, I did, ran, when Jeff Stone made his proposal earlier this year in, in, uh, in, in the summer, I ran some numbers and I've I put on you can go to Joe at our web, book website, CaliforniaCrackup.com, and I've posted some charts that, that look at what, what the state of a new state of South California, which is what, what Supervisor Stone has proposed, what would it look like in fiscal terms? Um, And it shows, the the numbers show that it would have a much higher uh, level populations of people who need, who get current state services, including education, incarceration, and medication, but it would have a lower than proportional share of of tax, uh, yield of of taxes. Um, And interestingly enough, that would be true, uh, this split between the coast and the inland would even be more true in South California, as Supervisor Stone has proposed it, than it is in the current state. That in his proposal, you know, a huge proportion of the taxes would come from San Diego and Orange Counties uh, but most of the services would go to the counties on the in, to the inland, uh, and uh, it has the making if it, it, Joe talked about California being an uneasy marriage through one hundred and sixty one years. I can assure you if you look at the numbers that a South california um, would be an even more problematic marriage, because it's hard to understand why the people of San Diego and Orange Counties would like to pay huge, uh, a huge proportion of the taxes for a new state when the most of the services were going to, uh, to the rest. Uh, uh, South California would start out as a fiscal basket case. so uh, It's a very hard to split the state the way some of the recent proposals have and to make it work financially. Um, and, but it's also not necessary because there are other ways. I think we can deal with those problems. What are some
1: of those ways? If, if splitting is so hard, I mean, but there are legitimate regional grievances we've heard. You know, those of us in LA, we have our own grievances. It's hard to be this good looking. You know, um, you know. What are what are the what are the ways? What are the ways to well, do
5: it? California, you know, if we think about it as a country, and we're big enough to be a country, right? We we talk about having the eighth largest economy in the world. Uh, okay, uh, but uh, we're also would be the 35th most populous country in the world, but you know if you look around the world at countries our size, as California, they govern themselves through federal systems or regional systems through confederations, you know that accord large degree of autonomy and authority to the regions within them, and that is what we in California don't have right now, and that what we need. We have. A very centralized system in California that that uh, in part is a consequence, unintended consequence of proposition thirteen that we 've shifted lots of the discretion and power in the state to the state level and left local governments and uh, our regions unable to deal with their own problems. so what we need in California is a devolution of power, a more regionally focused uh, to rewrite our government to, to reflect the reality which is that most of us you know, we, yeah, we're Californians, but when you ask most people, people say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm an Angelino, or I'm from the Bay Area, or I'm from the Central Valley, right? I mean, you think about yourself in terms, we think about ourselves in terms of regions, and we, or, our sports teams are regional. You know, we, we, you know, some people root for the Giants, and some are for the Dodgers, unlike other states, which, like I came from Wisconsin, everybody roots for the Packers. Uh, we're, even our sports teams divide us. In California, so we need a government that reflects those regional realities that puts more power locally uh, and less in Sacramento.
1: So let me, with
5: That's that kind of let a let great
3: me, idea, you know, you're talking about maybe splitting six or seven or eight ways in, not, along not the lines of the uh, regional but, but association but not, of not splitting
5: the state, but but having having real uh, governments uh, in the the regions that have uh, some control over their fate. Well,
1: let me that's that, that's a perfect segue into Pete Weber, who I want to bring into this conversation and b- before we we all go for it amongst ourselves and I mean we're talking about regional you know we've got you know regions don't feel represented uh, it's hard for regions to have voices, maybe we should have the regions have a government now you're 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 on the solution side you 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 were a corporate executive ran a number of companies and and were retired and devoted yourself to Sort of community economic development activities. I, I could go on. <laughs> it's a very long list. Um, among them is the California Partnership for the San Joaquin Valley, the Fresno Regional Jobs Initiative. You've been trying to get regional co- working for regional cooperation to, to so that this region, in particular, here from Fresno, um, can can you know speak for itself, have a stronger voice, and solve its problems. You know, what sorts of things are you you doing with this regional work and what is the potential of it? Where do
6: you think it can go? Can it get to real regional governance? Yeah, let me, let me begin by making some observations on what we've already heard from the other panelists. Um, I, I'm emotionally, I'm very sympathetic to the point of view of, of those of you who have expressed an, an interest in, in a divorce. I mean, you know, like, like all, <laughs> all marriages, um, you know, you contemplate the idea of divorce from time to time, it's not always the best answer. Um, and um, you know, I'm i i, I, I I'm so frustrated by the neglect of the San Joaquin Valley uh, from Sacramento and, and the federal government. Um, you know, I, when I when I look at, at Bill's ideas, um, I mean, I, you know, the, the idea is attractive, and in particular, I like the fact that he calls the inland uh, counties uh, superior California, uh, which I think is, you know, that that in itself I think would get my vote, but but. But the fact of the matter is that on a rational level, I sympathize a great deal with what Marcus said, uh, which is that um, I think, you know, I'm interested in solutions that are going to happen in my lifetime. I don't think we're going to split the state up in my lifetime. Uh, It's too complicated. Bill acknowledged that there are literally hundreds of issues. I mean, how how do we allocate water? How do we allocate the debt i mean there there are there are so many difficult issues and by the way those of us in the poorer counties um, are not going to have the upper hand in that negotiation with the richer counties okay so um and and believe me when when we split up there isn't gonna be any alimony (laughs) okay so um i'm i'm very reticent for that reason so my own personal inclination has been to work on on solutions that are going to happen in my lifetime and that's why I'm very involved with several organizations that are trying to do that. Some at the state level, some at the regional level, some at the local level here in in Fresno County. Um, I I worked at the regional level and I can share some of the uh, experiences that we had at the regional level, but it became very clear to me that we weren't going to be able to fix things at the regional level unless we also fixed state level issues, and that's why I got very involved with California Forward, and that's why California Forward this week is going to be going for title and summary on a ballot initiative that will be addressing some of the issues that we've been talking about. It will address budget reform, and it will address devolution of power to local government, because I totally agree with Mark that a huge part of our problem has been the transference of power, the unanticipated consequence of Proposition 13 to state government where they now micromanage every aspect of our lives, you know, pass thousands of bills, you know, every year. It's just totally out of control, and we've got to devolve more power to local government, to local regions, and I think California is a state of economic regions. Um,
1: For those those who don't know what California Forward is, it's it's a group put together, funded by some of the big foundations in California, working to sort of do comprehensive... Uh, you know governance reform, and the state really looking at all the issues you you had, so just everyone knows. What, in terms of this issue, devolving devolution of power and this measure that is going to come out, how do, you, how do you go out that? What are the particulars of how you, how, well, what's best to do that in a practical way that doesn't take the rest of your life?
6: Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and and some of these issues, of course, are linked, uh, as, yeah. as you can appreciate. You. Um, and so this particular ballot initiative that I'm talking about will address issues of uh, of, of budget reform so that... Um, we were going to performance based budgets at the state level, and local government would be going to performance based budgets um, so that uh, the, the, the voters have some sense of what they're getting for the dollars they're sending to Sacramento. We did a deliberative poll recently, I don't know if you were there, Joe. I was there, yeah. Um, in Torrance, California, where one of the questions that was asked the voters was you know, if, if, the, if the state were to raise taxes how much of every every $100 in new taxes do you think would be wasted by government? And the answer before deliberation was $45. The answer after deliberation was $39, which gives you some indication of how much, and I think appropriately so, cynicism there is about the effectiveness and efficiency of government and what we're getting in terms of value for the dollars that we're sending to Sacramento. So um, there's got to be budget reform. There are several elements of budget reform that are in this this process. But in addition to that, what we're doing is creating an incentive program that will enable counties to create their own, we're calling them strategic uh, community action plans. And every county that chose to do this would be able to put together a plan that would say, Here's, here are our priorities within our county uh, and you can get together with other counties and do something regional if you choose to do so. Um, and uh, in exchange for creating that plan, um, then we go to the legislature and we say we want waivers from certain regulations, waivers from certain statutes. So we, we begin to take control for ourselves. And by the way, there's a provision in this language, uh, on the ballot initiative that creates incentive funding for counties that choose to do so. We're not mandating it because we don't think that'll work. We are making it an option for counties who wish to do this, or for regions who want to come together and and do so. So there's a lot more detail than I'm providing here, but the, the, the fundamental notion is to enable local communities to take more control and to reverse the trend Towards um, central central government that has taken place in California for the last 30 years. And this could be something people will be voting on next November. Yes. It, yes.
1: Thank you. I right. want to bring back and open up the discussion here. And but one thing, I, I, you know, maybe to start by something that um, I think is a is a criticism that Mark touched on of of all of all sort of the things that you know the North South, uh, the Jeff Stone plan, the the the, the downsized California. <laughs> Plan and your plan is that, you know, um, my uh, great grandmother was an Oki who said on San Bernardino County set, used to say, you know, California 50 miles inland is Arkansas. Um, <laughs> and that there was this, you know, this issue of, you know, you would, you would split the state but create these, these new states that would be pretty poor. And you know, is that a, would that be a you know a concern? I mean, e- whether it's in splitting the state or in regional government, that, that some regions would just be poorer and wouldn't be as able to do as much.
2: When you when you divide a state within its border, who comes up with the unbrilliance that one state has to be poor and the others are rich? Uh, I was relating earlier in the day. If you look at the United States of America, where states have been divided, even though it was a long time ago. When you look at the United States of America, all the states that are having serious budget problems have a major metropolitan area in them Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, uh, some Florida stuff. That, those are the major budget problems in the major population states. Uh, you know, you got some, I mean, I'm not talking about myself, but you got some serious brains here on this panel. Uh, and, and Mark has studied this for so long, um, as I studied it for two solid years. I discovered that, you know, there's really nothing the wrong when Vermont used to be part of the state of New York. They got the hell out and they've been healthy ever since. Anybody occupying New York today? Where you find major population centers, there's a lot of problems. So if you ever worry about dividing a state, there's nothing the wrong with going from 50 states uh, to 51 states or more states because division Uh, brings to regionalization, makes it more local with division. I mean, you know, Mark said it was probably highly unlikely that the rest of the people in the United States Congress would let California have more than two United States Senators. So we got Boxer, so we got Feinstein, we got 38 million people. Are you telling me that Maine has the same number of United States Senators as California? The answer is yes. That's a felony, in my opinion. We deserve more United States senators, thus have more power in Washington. Well,
4: and I think dividing the state, dividing the state is no different. When when Riverside County was born, it was part of San Bernardino and San Diego counties. And they said, nope, we're going to be a county. When the city of Menifee was born just three short years ago, we decided we were gonna be our own government and, and we formed our own boundaries. We had alternative boundaries that we had to study and analyze to determine what made the most sense to us. So I don't, I don't think that, that you can count out uh, secession or dividing the state. I think what the, questions ne- the, the question needs to be framed is how can we have a better government for all the people? And you can ask yourself, and that has, okay, well, in Jeff Stone's proposal, he kind of liked the Republican or conservative type of state. His boundaries kind of took a conservative type of position. Uh, Bill, you took a little bit different position when you drew your lines. So I think there's a lot of consideration giving when you're trying to fix the state. I don't necessarily disagree with some of the things you're proposing, although in Riverside County we've been very successful with regional governments. The Southern California Association of Governments is the largest metropolitan planning agency in the entire nation. It is six counties, it is 192 cities, and uh, more than 50% of the state's population that we represent, and we do all the planning for transportation, air quality, and uh, housing. We have to provide the housing needs. And uh, ironically, this Thursday, we will be adopting our regional transportation plan. Uh, this coming Thursday, for this huge metropolitan area. But we don't get to control the budget. We don't get to control the regulations. You need to fix the state legislature where these decisions and these policies are born. That is the process that is broken. That is the process that has hurt almost everybody in this room to some degree or another. It, It doesn't work. We have to fix it. We have to look at fixing how the decisions are made that affect local governments, regional governments, and the people, down to the the, the people. I mean, that's really what government is about. And I don't think that um, uh, creating a new regional entity may solve all of those problems. We have to fix Sacramento. We have to fix the legislature and how government and the decisions are made. I think the legislature is broken. And I know that You've had some proposals and some ideas about uh, part-time legislature and, and dividing it up and creating, a, getting rid of the Assembly and the Senate and creating a new structure for how our state is governed. Before no, we
3: do that, I want to get Bill in, a, in yeah, here, Garcy yeah. makes such a strong point. And Stan mm-hmm. and I have both had the, the honor and privilege of serving in the legislature and seeing exactly how you make sausage. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just disastrous. and. Uh, you know, one of the key things is we've seen right at the end of the session again this year with all these gut and amend bills, they're, they're atrocious. When you can make policy, you could never do this in a city council or a county supervisor position. You've got 45 days public notices, you've got stuff that has to be laid out there to the public, and yet our legislative action in Sacramento tossed this right in your face.
6: I just wanted to to support what uh, what bill is saying and bill you 're going to like this ballot initiative. I mean it prohibits gut and amend bills i mean that that 's an outrage it's an outrageous. you know it, it shouldn 't be allowed to happen. Uh, it provides for pay go provisions so that any new program or program expansion that costs more than twenty five million dollars has to have an identified Devin. source of funding right. It provides Devin for two years. year budgets it provides that during the off year when you 're not budgeting or you 're just updating the two-year budget, that, uh, that's when you're doing most of your legislation, but it provides also for a period of time when the legislature has to do oversight over existing programs. How much oversight did you guys get to do when you were in the legislature? About zero, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just how many new laws, how many new bills, mm-hmm. how many new programs, how many, you know, mm-hmm. enough. You know, we've got we to stop that and then take government down closer to the people You know, uh, I'm always impressed with the fact that the taxes that people are most willing to pay are self-help measures, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we got a 78% vote here in Fresno County on our last self-help measure. Why? Because the people are involved in structuring what the taxes are gonna go to, they provide oversight over it, and they get to see, see the, the product of, of, <laughs> yeah, of their absolutely. tax dollars at work. Yeah, you know, that's very different than what's happening in Sacramento these days.
1: Let me. Uh, bring, let me. I just want to bring in Mark here uh, to the, to respond to what Pete said some of this conversation about kind of regional governance and and giving power to the regions. You co-authored uh, a paper with a fellow named Michael Weinberg, who's now at the Bay Area Council, um, called "The Nation Without States." That actually proposed. Um, one way to give regions voice where they don't have voice is to actually have re- almost regionally-based elections where instead of electing somebody to, you know, to a particular single-member legislative district, you, uh, regions would elect people to go to Sacramento. H- how would that work? Is that feasible?
5: Well, that, that is, um, you know, we ha- are locked in in California to a, a system of, we, we elect our legislators from single-member geographic districts. And we, most of us know, you know we're frustrated at the legislature in part because n- very few of those seats are competitive. Right? There's no real choices uh, for us because most of us know in advance of the election who's going to win, which party. And it's largely... And it's partly because of the way that they're districted, but it's largely because of the way we Californians have sorted ourselves politically. I mean, we've got Democrats living on the coast, you know, we've got Republicans living in the inland areas. I mean, I can i I'm willing to sit down you know with with you and make a bet on who's going to win each assembly seat uh in the in in the year uh twenty eighteen uh, and I'm willing to bet I can pick ninety percent of of who wins uh, you know which party wins in those seats. So, you know, in, the, in this paper and in our book, Joe and I have suggested moving to a system that's used in a lot of other countries, which is is to have multi-member districts for the legislature based around the region. So for instance, the, the San Joaquin Valley region would have, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, let's say 25 people elected to the, to the, to the legislature from the, into a larger legislature and that you would go to the polls and vote uh, for legislature and the, those seats would be apportioned according to the, the vote, your votes by party. So if, in the let's say in the Central Valley, Republicans win 60% of the vote, you know, they, they'd, they'd end up with 60% of the seats, but the Democrats would end up with 40%. But you would have a real contest because it would matter how you voted in this region. Uh, every vote would matter. Both parties would have to address the issues of the San Joaquin Valley, because if they could convince you that one party or the other that they had a better idea, they would get a little bit closer to having another seat in the legislature. We don't have those discussions right now. So part of the of the way we change the legislature and deal with this problem of of regions is by changing the way we elect our legislators to so that the, they have political incentives to pay attention to regional issues.
1: Stan, you wanted to get in, I think, on well, some I'm of these proposals say uh, Pete and Mark? i give you kind of a, a,
2: a joke story that actually happened in the California legislature uh, some years ago, maybe uh, oh, 25 years ago, a brand new legislator was introduced and uh, elected in a special election, a uh, Assemblyman Mike Roos from the uh, LA area. Uh, And I did not know him. He was a brand new uh, baby boy legislator. And I had introduced a bill to help rural schools in the great north state that I represented. And he stood up as I was getting ready to close and get approval for a better formula for rural schools because it's a different kind of education in metropolitan schools. and, And so they already had their formula. I was getting one for rural schools. All of a sudden, Mike stands up. I didn't know him at the time. He stands up. And he says, to tell you how regionalized people are, uh, he said, Mr. Statham, he said, I appreciate what you're trying to do for the rural counties of uh, Siskiyou and, and Tahama uh, counties, uh, but I don't think we need that, blah, 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 blah. And so I could hardly wait. And so I got up and he said, I said, Mr. Roos, welcome to the California Assembly. And I appreciate your trying to make comments about my counties of Siskiyou and Tehama County, just as I have the same appreciation for your fine people in Los Angeles County. (laughs) So we had a good time, and I've been there a long time, and I got the rule formula. We're all regionalized. It's crazy, you know, California is a rare state and a golden state, but not golden any longer. California is one of the only states that has. We have our own Department of Commerce, which uses your tax dollars and mine to advertise the five Californians. California's already divided, you know, Red Bluff and Los Angeles, they're not in the same state, they're on different planets. So there's nothing to matter with going to division, and there's certainly nothing to matter when when a marriage is dysfunctional, as many are. Well, hell, get a divorce and start (laughs) over. I guarantee your second marriage would be better. Thank
3: you, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, you wouldn't realize what it was like to uh, represent (laughs) Tulare County and Inyo County, throughout to Death Valley and Lake Havasu, in Eastern Riverside County. That was the district that I represented, folks. What is what is the issue when we talk about communities of interest in putting something like that together? And when the district was drawn, they just looked at the map and said, "Okay, here, the, yeah, that works in California." Do you realize there wasn't a road that I could cross? From Visalia to get to Eastern California without driving to Bakersfield and going to Tehachapi, so I left my home, drove 15 minutes, drove out of my district, drove two more hours, and drove back in the district. And from there, I travel five and a half more hours to Lake Havasu and 29 Palms, California.
1: Insanity, right, Mark? Insanity. So that I mean that goes right to this question that is often said about California. I mean. You represent a lot of people, and, and, and the numbers are something like a, a California assemblyman represents three times more people than a lower house state legislature anywhere else in the United States and ten times more than the national average. That's, that's too many people, right? And so, so does that mean, you know, God forbid, that we need more politicians in Sacramento to represent us? Because if we had more, you'd have more representation, more responsive, you wouldn't have to drive to Lake Havasu.
3: Fine as long they're not in session more than three months out of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Any
1: any other thoughts on that? You know, uh, um,
2: I'm a rural legislator that I had no legislative experience. Basically, you went to Sacramento, not kind of knowing what to do. Uh, But after I'd been there 15 years or so, I introduced a bill to limit the number of bills that could be introduced for about 4,000 a year then, and the bill actually passed, and it actually uh, became the rules of the House, uh, and what it said, but it didn't work because those lousy politicians up there, they figured a way out, they put an amendment in the bill that they, did, they, they wanted to limit the number of bills because they, like I, were very disgusted with the voting on, uh, you know, in, um, in the 18 years, I was in the California legislature, I cast 60,000 intelligent votes on 60,000 pieces of legislation, <laughs> do you think those were intelligent votes?
5: Who knows what? Right. And so they... <laughs> yeah, but the, the problem ahead, is is that, is that we have given so much responsibility to the legislature, because we, the Proposition 13 system took... Has taken all the decisions that used to be made locally about whether or not you wanted to, to, at what level you wanted to set your local taxes and what services you're going to provide, and gave the you know cap property taxes and gave the legislature the responsibility for divvying up all the money and backfilling the the money that Proposition 13 cut. And so part of what Stan is talking about is is actually legislators actually trying to do their job, which is. They are now responsible for divvying up these huge amounts of money, and they feel, and I think it's right for them to feel that they have some responsibility that the money will be used well, and so they pass all these bills, you know, that micromanage, you know, education spending, et cetera. I mean, the impulse is. Is not a bad one, right? We want our, the people we elect to pay attention. And you know, every time there's a new newspaper story, you know, some, something bad goes on. You know, the, the, the scandal in Bell, or or some some scandal in some place. What happens? They introduce bills. You know, they are being responsive to the to the news about. You know, that there's something wrong that we ought to, ought to fix. And so it's not a bad impulse. The problem is the state's too big to be governed that way. So the, the reason we have all these bills is because our local governments don't have enough discretion over, over or how they spend money, but also how they raise it. And that's the key part of the question that we keep avoiding in California. You know, you cannot have strong local government unless the people in local government are responsible for actually raising the money they spend. So Pete, you want to get in on yeah, this?
6: Yeah, Mark, I, you know, I totally, totally agree. Let, let me just kind of give you what may be seen by some as a simplistic view. I think this is all about uh, economic prosperity. And the fact of the matter is that California is not one economy. It is a tapestry of very different regional economies. Our economy here in the San Joaquin Valley resembles that of Chile more than it does that of the Bay Area. The economy of the Bay Area resembles that of Japan more than it does the economy of the San Joaquin Valley. And so what we need to do is is come to an understanding that that's the reality of California, um, that we have these different regional economies, that our social goals and environmental goals in each one of those regions can only be pursued to the extent that we are economically prosperous in each one of those regions. And therefore what we need to do is devolve power to these regions. Now, how do you do that in the context of these you know, historical borders between counties and so on and so forth? Well, with great difficulty, and I think that there may be some much more radical, radical in the sense of dramatic changes that might be proposed, and I certainly would encourage Mark and, and Joe to, to, to make us look at those. But there are other ways in which you can do that, and that is you can incent counties to work together to common ends uh, by, you know, a, affording them the latitude to um, you know, get waivers and statutes, get waivers and regulations, and so on and so forth, uh, in order to achieve their regional goals of economic prosperity. Uh, and from there social goals and environmental goals and so on. Darcy, what do you think about that? You've done all this regional government, you work with SCAE. I,
4: I think that is a, a very fascinating proposal and it could, it could have some merits. I, I, I picked up on something you said earlier that you'd like it to happen in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I would I would too, even though I think mine's a little bit longer than yours, but um, <laughs> no. I, I, think, uh, I think we all would. And, and there's a lot of merit to what you said about the economics. And I really think that that's going to be the solution that there are a lot of ways California is divided and I think the economic one and, and how you characterize that encompassing the, the environmental considerations, the economic considerations, the diverse uh, climates that we even have and, and the, the populations that that uh, flock to those areas is, is going to be a key factor. I'm pretty simple too and, and I think that There's a lot of good ideas, a lot of good ideas that we've all brought up today. And I think that it's incumbent upon a group of people to get together and and kind of make a roadmap and to try to find some of these solutions. I know as someone in local government, you know, we're the last one on the food chain when the money flows from the federal to the state to the counties to the locals. And, you know, we're, we're just barely holding on. And, and I think that, that you're right. The the monies that we can raise locally, if the state can't figure out a way to take it from us, we can do very well for ourselves. So I do think it's about self-reliance and self-importance on a, some kind of regional level, whether that be what you're proposing and, and having these economic centers and, and, and regional uh, divisions and that fake or whether it is a full-on divorce, but we need some change and we need it today.
1: Well, with that, this, this audience has been waiting patiently and eagerly to get into <laughs> this conversation, so let's uh, do that.
0: Larry Roselle. One of the things that was said about term limits is the loss of institutional memory. Mr. Statham discovered Willie Brown had a bill to build a split. There have been all these sp- bills. And my biggest question coming was, was where do we make the split? One of the maps for this event showed the split with Santa Barbara going to San Francisco as a native Californian who grew up on the San Francisco Peninsula. I mean, Santa Barbara goes to LA, Pismo Beach, or certainly Monterey goes to San Francisco. Uh, When I worked at the local HUD office, we looked at uh, the Great Valley from Bakersfield to Redding as a region. So as we look at all this thing about maybe balancing city and country and economies and water and all the rest, the drift of the conversation tonight To me, it seemed more about maybe we just need to table the whole idea until our our units of uh, government are more functional. That seems to be the main thread for many of you tonight. Do we just need to table this idea, or is there a consensus about where the split should be
2: if it happens? The gentleman just mentioned term limits. Therein lies one of the problems. You know, I'm not brilliant. But I had to get out of the legislature because they limited my term. I have the ability by law to still go back to the assembly for two years. So yeah, I'll go back for two years and solve California's problems. I don't think so. So, you know, here you are in good old Fresno, California. If you elect someone, why should you not have the right to keep that someone you personally elect for as long as you like? It's un- term limits are undemocratic in my opinion. Uh, and so it's a lot of things. And then limiting the number of bills One of the reasons I tried to do that every time something was wrong, and and Pete, you're brilliant, uh, California Forward is uh, wonderful. Start looking closely at those reforms as they uh, hit the ballot next year. They're basically brilliant. Uh, The reason I try to limit the number of bills, uh, legislators are confused up there, and so they'll introduce a bill, like like Mark said. Okay, if we can't solve the problem, let's at least, I know, we'll study it. I know, then we'll start a commission to regulate it. That's just more government. It doesn't
1: work. I can't resist asking a, a question in the hopes of making news here of the two former legislators. Both of you have some uh, eligibility left to serve. You have a couple of years uh, in, in term limits, and you could go in the Senate. Any uh, any uh, desire to get back in the ring again? You know, I
6: I, I have here. you know I have a desire to get back.
2: I have a desire to get back in the ring. And uh, about uh, uh, five weeks ago, uh, my wife and I. Decided I would run and serve two more years in the assembly, and then I reflected and introspected on that for about ten days, and changed my mind again. And then I I, I called a city councilman, uh, former mayor of Reading, and asked him to jump in the race for a brand new district up there. Uh, you know, if anybody can think of a way that I can, uh, despite my superior age, that I could go back and serve eight years in the state senate, uh, I would be delighted to do so. So you know just pray pray that some senator god god retires some senator and jerry brown appoints me to an eight-year term and i'll I'll see what i can do
6: stanley there is going to be another initiative on the ballot next year which will allow uh folks to to serve up to 14 years in either now i'm not sure how that would apply to your situation given that you serve what uh, 18 years or so
2: i served 18 but your proposal i've not heard that before you that's an excellent proposal yeah
6: and, and, and by the way personally I get rid of a term limits altogether, but this is the best that we think can be done at this point, and, and we're supporting that, uh, that proposal. I so, would agree. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
3: We discussed that, and I put yeah. that in the form of a potential bill that I put together a number of years ago, Right. doing, doing a, you know, 14 years, whatever.
6: That's, it's it's actually stuff, 12 years. It's down it was, from 14 you know, to 12 but, years, but you can serve in either the Senate.
1: I mean, we're often cynical and critical and full of complaints, but you know, there's a there's a mythology around California of the dream and this place of great promise and desire. You know, isn't that enough to hold us together, essentially? Don't we have a shared? Isn't there something sort of shared and special about California that defines us, or or the region regional pull's too
6: strong? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, let me take a pass at that. I mean, think about this for a second. Um, you know, we're all very aware of the fact that today our unemployment rate is at 12% versus 9% that are, you know, up at the national level. But most people don't realize is that we've had a higher unemployment rate every single year in California than the national average since 1990. Now why is that? Is it because we don't have good natural resources? Is it because we don't have talented people? Because we're not still the innovative center of the planet? Is it because we don't have access to ports that serve the fastest-growing markets in the world? Is it because we don't have the largest, the eighth-largest economy in the world? I don't think it's any of those things. It is simply because our government is broken. Fix the government, and we will restore the Golden State. This is still a wonderful place, and we can bring it back.
3: But regulatory, just regulatory oversight and, and All the rest is so complex in this State I mean you, the business climate here is you got people exiting every day We continue to see that and we reiterated that message time and time again over and over and over in the legislature and committees I served on business professions my whole six years and it's like talking to a dead wall I think one of the things that we fail to have in our legislative house is people who understand what business is, that have paid checks to employ people and paid their taxes and be able to survive and raise a family in California. There are very few people in that state house in Sacramento that have that background. Very few. You can count them on one hand, two hands. And that is a disadvantage in this state in a huge way.
2: You know, let me say that uh, I'm kind of a one-note Charlie, uh, and I don't know if anybody disagrees with me on this. California is too big. And I, I, now I represent all the radio and TV stations in California because you limited my term and I had to find a real job. <laughs> and Let me tell you this. Uh, you've all seen, let's have a show of hands, how many people in their lifetime have seen the Brady Bunch or Eight is Enough on television. Well, you know, it's a funny and great and entertaining show and shows. In real life, you'd start creating some homicide in a private home. Eight is enough? Eight is too much. The Brady Bunch? That's too many people. We've got 38 million people all trying to have the same tune, uh, and that prevents California from continuing to remain golden, is my opinion.
5: And I, can you, I just? I just want to. Say, yeah. I'm going to be the contrarian on this on, on this que- question because I, I'm I'm much more optimistic about California as a place. Uh, the government we've got problems. I mean Joe and I wrote a whole book about it. But, but if you look actually contrary to to what Pete said, if you look at California's economic performance since we went through that wrenching recession in the early '90s when we lost all of that wonderful defense Cold War money. California's economy has outperformed the rest of the country. Um, you know, it is only, our high unemployment rate is almost entirely a function of the fact that the, the housing bubble was bigger here. You know, it's the same in Nevada, Arizona, Florida, places that have the big housing bubble. Our economy, except for housing, is doing quite well. And I'm, Joe and I have run around the state since our book came out a year ago. And we've done like 180 events. We've been everywhere in the state. And I see only energy you know, I see entrepreneurial spirit, I see young people who are extraordinarily committed to this state, uh, more committed, I think, even a lot, than a lot of their parents were, because they were born here. And so, so, you know, we really have something good here, you know, our problem is finally just growing up and fixing our government to suit who we are as a people.
2: Uh, Pete, I appreciate what you're saying about the regional approach to things, and I think that has uh, great and strong possibilities. But how do you overcome, say, the colloquialism that can often develop between counties? I mean, I'm going to try to recall something that I remember around here about 20 years ago. Um, There was, I think, in the transportation blueprint, a proposal to have some, some sort of a loop freeway around Fresno, like say maybe State Route 145, would traverse the San Joaquin River in a couple of places and go into Madera County.
6: Madera County would have nothing to do with that. How do you combat that if you're trying to get a regional sense of power to uh, fight harder in Sacramento. Let me just begin by saying that, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the California partnership with the San Joaquin Valley, that part of the reason we created the partnership is because the problem wasn't just in Sacramento or in Washington, D.C., the problem was us. We were not speaking with one voice, you know, when the city of Fresno or, you know, you know, Kings County, or whoever it was, went up to Sacramento or to Washington to ask for something, they basically swat us away. But now it's different, because we have brought the region together, we speak with one voice, and if we have the time, I could just you know, give you a list of, of the, the very significant gains that we have made as, as a region, as a result of that, and the elected leaders are getting it now. I mean, They didn't lead this effort. You know, this was led from the outside, but the elected leaders now get that. Let me also say one other thing, and that is that you can't mandate behavior, but you can't incent it. And so, what we're trying to do through this initiative that I described earlier, the California Forward is promoting, is to incent the right kind of behavior. So that if there's money at the table, believe me, you know, counties and municipalities and so on that are really, really stressed right now going to say we want a piece of that and so and if, if in addition to that those who join together have the flexibility to be able to say we are going to request waivers of statutes waivers of regulations and achieve the functional equivalent of what the law intended some other way I think you've got a good solution I mean you know an example that many of you are familiar with is CEQA I mean CEQA has been abused to the nth degree, um, for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with what the intended purpose was, remember CQO was passed during the Reagan administration. That's the California Environmental Quality yeah, Act for yeah, those sorry. who aren't following yeah. the acronym. Um, um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, so um, so th- that's, th- those are some of the answers that I would offer to your very good question.
1: Okay. Well, I think good with question. that, one of the best things about Zocalo is we get to talk with the panelists in the postgame. So, um, Uh, Thank you very much. And if hope doesn't keep us together, uh, or reform, or regionalism, there's always that other great binding agent in California, a shared fear of Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, with that, um, thank you very much. And could you join me in thanking the panel?
3: Good job.